Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Panthers beat writer Skylar, Skylar Callahan. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, all-time Panthers leading rusher, usually the third part of our uh, our group, is still out this week. He is celebrating his wedding anniversary this week, so he will be back with us on Monday. A lot to get through. We've been off for a while. Sorry I'm out of breath because I just ran across the whole house to get my phone <laughs> and then ran all the way back across before the... Uh, the theme music ended, so it was a race against time. So I'm just like <sighs> trying to catch hey, my breath. Uh, hey, I, I'm, I'm the same way in this in this non-heated uh, basement of Bank of America Stadium. By the way, bunker you got, you in right now. Yeah, like you, you gotta love the background, right? These yeah. beautifully gray painted walls. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's cool. fantastic. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, it's Thursday, so. Uh, you know, on Thursdays on uh, the Believe in Panthers podcast, we do one thing that everybody knows about. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mess it. I'm going to tell you why we mess it. We'll find something that we're angry about from the past week. We've had some time to stew on it because we haven't played a game since last Thursday. The Panthers yeah. playing against the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday at 1 p.m. Lamar Jackson uh, facing off against him. We'll give you our predictions and previews on how that game might go. It's Thursday, so it's open mailbag. If you uh, are watching or listening to this right now as we have it going on, you can ask us a question. Myself or Skylar will attempt to answer it to the best of our abilities. If it's a, a Panthers-related question, definitely chime in there. Uh, we've had a lot of people doing that throughout the past couple of weeks as we've introduced that. And uh, we'll also get into an entry report also and get you ready for this. Uh, Carolina Panthers, two games out of first place mid-November, three and seven on the season. So go figure. Uh, any other time we'd be, you know, going over, you know, C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young or, uh, you know, things of that nature. And I mean, it still exists to an extent. It's weird. It's like this parallel conversation going on where people are like, oh, that win cost us the, the fourth pick of the draft or whatever. I don't want the kid from Kentucky. But then it's like, well, we're two games out of first, and the team that's in first place, we, we beat down like a couple of weeks ago. So it's like I'm not turning my mentality over to offseason. And before Thanksgiving, when we're still kind of well, in the hunt, you know. I mean, let's be real. Like, yes, the Panthers have been bad this year, especially at times. But is there a team that's going to be worse or finish worse than the Houston Texans? I, I don't think so. And if that if that's what you're really worried about is that number one pick, you ain't getting it as no. long as Houston keeps playing the way they've been. The def- the Panthers' defense is too good to bottom out completely to be the number one pick. And, and I know they're not like top 10 right now. They've been gashed actually the past couple of weeks, but I should say there's probably too much talent on the overall yeah. roster to, to get the number and, one pick. And, and you know, my, my opinion about it, I, I'm not as high on this quarterback class as everybody else is. I, I don't think Anthony Richardson's all that. I don't think CJ Stroud's all that. Bryce Young is good. Is he going to be great? I don't really think so. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, Will Levis, I'd never like. So, I mean, I mean, it's really just Bryce Young and maybe a couple guys that that you may get lucky on, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm not too high on it either. I'm, maybe it's because I'm not a big college football guy. I, I, usually on Saturdays I'm working or something, so I don't get a chance to really sit there and watch a lot of college football. I, I get in and out. Uh, people know I'm a Carolina fan, obviously, so I try to watch the Tar Heels when I can, but I keep them at arm's length because usually when I start to fall in love with my Carolina football team, something really bad happens <laughs> and pushes me just further away from it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not too much in love with this quarterback class either. I don't see why so many people are high on it. I do like Anthony Richardson from Florida. And I feel like he is someone that fans should get mid first round. Like that's not a guy you need a top five pick for. I don't think, but I mean, I, the raw talent for him is there. Like he's got all the tools. The problem with him is, is is just inconsistency. Like, 
one week he he looks like he could maybe maybe be the next iteration of Cam Newton. The next week he looks like, I mean, just be straight up with you, he looks like garbage sometimes. So like he, he's just got to put good games together for him to get that that draft status. But some some teams, some organizations are going to fall in love with him just because of the physical traits that he has. And that's probably why he's going to get higher than he should. I would have a day two grade on him. That's just me. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, and plus, don't forget, we did trade up for a quarterback last year that we have not seen, you know, in live action. Uh, we won't see. Yeah, we won't see. So I mean, he's going to be here. He's going to be the only quarterback on the roster as it stands right now, because uh, all these other guys are their their contracts are done, and I don't think they're bringing PJ Walker back. Or uh, well, we'll find out with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold because they're probably going to both see the field uh, this Sunday, and we'll get into that in just a bit. Um, before we get into all of that, though, almost forgot. I have a, I have a read. <laughs> I have a read that I do every week, and for some reason I just completely forgot to do it here. Um, Bet online from our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to, to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And where we usually start on Thursdays is our Tell Them Why You're Mad segment. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. And uh, I'll, let, I'll let you go first, Skylar, because uh, our only rule is that it just has to be football-related. It doesn't have to be Panther-related. Oh. Just something football-related. And I know you, you, uh, you uh, as well as being the beat writer for uh, the Panthers for Forest Illustrated, you're also the beat writer for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, beat writer for West Virginia Athletics. So I'm sure you've got a number of things you could probably uh, oh. thumb through. Uh, <laughs> I I, I could go a whole hour on this, but we're going to take a little walk. And, yeah. and I'm going to show you one of the things I'm not – while I'm talking about that first one, um, or here in a second. So the first one is – I'm going to tell you why we mess I'm going to tell you why we mess up. Spicy. We need to get some heat in this dang place. That's the first thing. Okay? I mean, it, it's oh, just, man, they don't have the – one, 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 you know, one of the richest owners in the NFL, and, you know, not really much heat going on down here. But um, anyways, <laughs> here's, the, here's the other thing I'm not about. Okay, we're gonna take this little stroll right here down to the tunnel. Mm. Okay, this stuff right here. Ooh, that was mine too. Great, I'm here for this. Let's go. Let's so, go. <laughs> what is that? So, for those that don't why, know, why is it still, why is it still there? <laughs> There's turf that, on the ground, and like that was actually mine too. Uh, so we'll we'll just tag team this one here. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed I'm gonna tell you why we messed We have had three quarterback injuries, high ankle sprains on this turf this year. Yep. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, actually four now. PJ Walker. So all four <laughs> the quarterbacks on this well, roster have had high injury ankle sprains. Corral was Corral's injury was in New England, but yeah, three of the four, and then Dante Jackson with his Achilles last week so i don't know if that that played a factor um obviously christian's had his fair share of injuries um when he was here so yeah i mean you know all all the owners that want to keep turf um they always point to all these these you know studies that are done and kind of like baker said yesterday and i agree with him like what are these studies actually showing because like yes the the actual injury that occurs on the field may be the same as it is on grass, but it's the wear and tear that eventually leads to those injuries. You know what I mean? Like those aren't going to show up in those studies. And it's like, as he said, it's common sense. Like when you're playing on turf, it's a harder surface. It's going to hurt your knees, your ankles, stuff like that much harder, your hip, um, a lot worse than natural soft grass. I, the only reason why they put it in there is because Tepper wanted to start doing more uh, like outdoor events, like concerts and stuff. Right? He just didn't want and to wear the grass. That and the, that and having the soccer team also allows it to to be a better playing surface. Because if it, I mean, if you're going to have two teams share the same field, it's going to be a mud pit by week five. Like, so I, I get that to an extent, but at at a certain point, you got to look at like, okay, 
is this really what is going to get the best production out of our players long term? Is this what's going to keep our players healthy long term? What do you think? If that's not the case, then is then what are we doing? Like, if you want to bring in concerts, if you want to bring in all these other events, then why not make you know purchase some land? I mean, he's got the money to do it. (laughs) Purchase purchase some land and make some like of an entertainment district right outside of this you know the stadium or something, so where you have like you know, something like that. There's literally land uh, right at the North Carolina, South Carolina, Carolines, that area right there by Carolines yeah. on 77, where there's still undeveloped land sitting right there that somebody could just come in and build literally that, some sort of entertainment uh, venue. Hell, you just bought, does he still own the property in Rock Hill? Yes, he still does. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> the, the, from, from what I was told, um, and I, I spoke to, to some of the, the people down in, in the in the government there back in like July or so, is that it's still his property. He has you know the, the rights to it. Anything that happens on that property will be his call. So you know if someone wants to to put in shopping plaza or hotels or whatever, like he's going to have the final say on what they do with it. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to end up being a spirit Halloween store. I mean, we always, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or, or the largest dollar store. It's the largest Dollar Tree in America. Yeah. <laughs> um, by David Tepper. It's going to be right there off the of 77. Um, and plus, they had the government build the infrastructure to get on and off the highway, right? So something is yeah. going to go there. Eventually. Yeah, it's, that's already been from from what I from what I know that that's already taken care of. Like it's already done. I, I did not expect the players to be as vocal about the turf in season. Um, I guess I thought maybe they would. That was a question they'd stay away from. But after you start seeing your guys going down over, like you know, just keep continuously getting shot yeah. by the turf, someone had to step up and say stuff. And I think Shaq Thompson has said some things. Uh, I think DJ Moore says some things. Yeah, we talked to DJ at length about it. Um, I think it was Monday, and he said that the players talked to Tupper about this stuff a couple of times this year. Uh, probably most recently going back to training camp, and you know, he told them that. You know, they, they prefer grass over turf, but that's not obviously, you know, stirred any conversations up really past that. So they didn't, get that's gonna... any, they didn't get any reaction from Tepper on that in terms of you know, he, he, he really didn't go into detail because when we asked about what the uh, like if, if he was going to circle back to it or anything, he just kind of said, you know, that we, we left it there on the table. We had a couple of conversations and it was kind of couldn't really tell whether or not that anything was going to be done about it. So. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, – the turf one was mine, but I'm going to switch it to something else uh, for Tell Them Why You're Mad Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I, I, have a, I have a bone to pick with national media for one thing and one thing only, and it's the way they're treating the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I watched that oh. game, Packers-Cowboys. It, good game. You know, Packers pulled it away. Uh, Cowboys probably should have won that game. I don't know how they lost a 14-point lead with, like, three minutes left or whatever it was. But – all of a sudden now I'm seeing, oh, the pack is back, or can the pack make a run, or uh, can if oh, they get in. talking about benching Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> it was just seven days ago, and I'm sitting here looking at it like, well, I don't know, maybe they could. I go over, I mosey over to the NFC standings. The Green Bay Packers are three and seven. They are the same exact record as our Carolina Panthers, yet the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> who just a week ago were left for dead, had no receivers, the offensive line couldn't block. Aaron Rodgers was talking about himself in interviews, and it was all falling apart. They beat the mighty Dallas Cowboys on primetime TV. I mean, that game went to like 8 o'clock because it went into overtime. Uh, so I'm sure millions watched the end of it. And now all of a sudden, all the talking heads are like, well, maybe Green Bay can make a run. Maybe Green Bay can get in or whatever. That infuriates me because I'm like, what is the difference between Green Bay and, and Carolina other than Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? They've got a quarterback, but – he hasn't thrown for 300 yards this entire year. Like this might be one of the worst years statistically of Aaron Rodgers career yet. All of a sudden the pack is back. Watch out for green Bay. Never mind. Don't worry about that Minnesota team. That's eight and one at the top of the division, or (laughs) don't worry about the fact that the entire NFC East is qualifying for the playoffs at the moment. Forget all that. The Packers are three and seven, but they still got a shot. And I'm sitting here looking at Carolina at three and seven, and they're like they buried us. Like they, yeah. we talk about us like we're just like we shouldn't even be playing NFL football. We're a forgotten afterthought, and I just that that's something that frustrated me uh, this well, week. Yeah, I'm gonna I tell mean, you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. 
Well, I mean, when you have Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's probably going to do it I for you. I get it. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> go, go ahead and hit that one more time for me. I got one more time. I got okay. one more time. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mess it. I'm going to tell you why we mess it. Get it in. So why is it that we're in now what week? I don't even know. Week, what, what week are we in? I don't even know. Uh, we haven't had our buy yet. 11, so 11. 11. Yeah, week 11. We're in week 11, and today, I got to say this quietly. Well, they're at practice. <laughs> why, why, why does Ben? Why did Ben McAdoo just now figure out the team's identity offensively? He, he admitted. Well, he didn't admit it, but he he said today that you know, like, hey, we we found our identity. Took you eleven weeks. We like, saw what it should have been week one. <laughs> exactly, the identity of this team should have been to run the damn football <laughs> since the very start of the season. When you have that offensive line that can get downhill in a hurry, Bozeman wasn't playing. And you had at the time Christian McCaffrey. You had Deontay Foreman, who at the time wasn't getting touches. You got seven carries. I mean, while Matt Rule was here this year, seven over what five games. <laughs> and, and the and the thing that's even more like kind of mind boggling is that like you you acquired a quarterback in July that was going to start for you in Week One. Why wouldn't you lean on the run game until he figures things out and what, when he understands the offense to, and feels comfortable with it enough? Like, uh, I don't know. These are great questions. <laughs> These are fantastic questions. Uh, you know, I, I think I read uh, an article on Steve Wilkes this week. Um, may have been on ESPN. Might have been David Newton. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But it was talking about how the reason why uh, he let Phil Snow go was so he could promote Al Holcomb to defensive coordinator so he could actually, he being Steve Wilkes, spend more time in the offensive room and actually get that identity straight because Wilkes understood correctly that his defensive schemes weren't going to work unless they were playing complementary football. And the only way to do that is to get the offense in tune with what he wants them to do. And he went in there and was like, yo, we're going to run the football. Run the football, like literally. And we've gone from averaging like 20 carries a game under Matt Rule to like 29 carries a game. I mean, uh, last Thursday they well they only ran the ball forty seven times, but Ben said they called fifty four run plays. Some of those penalties, pre snap penalties or something. I would imagine, yeah. or they audibled out or whatever it might have been. But yeah, I mean, there's a dedication to running the football now uh, that I love. Um, with the running backs in the line we have, it just makes sense. The thing I'm worried about with Ben McAdoo this week because I saw it a little bit when Baker came in in that Bengals game, he went right back to RPO. And I don't understand why. Like, they had him in that shotgun, pistol formation, handoff, read, go, whatever. Baker Mayfield is not a threat in RPO. Please stop. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you why we messed I'm going to tell you why we messed Baker Mayfield cannot run the football. Like, stop running him in RPO. It, like, you already saw what works. Now, why don't you put Baker in the offense you built for PJ, and yeah. now you can do play action and take shots downfield, because that is Baker Mayfield's game. Uh, I Another thing, too. How many tip passes have we seen since Baker Mayfield hurt his foot? Zero, one, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe one or two. I, I don't, I don't remember it being as big of a problem. That makes me feel like Baker that. was tipping off defensive line somehow with something. Like they knew something to put their hands up with Baker Mayfield. So hopefully and, that goes away. And remember when when I talked to PJ, I, I want to say it was way early in the season when this was kind of an issue, and. He kind of mentioned something about it, and I, and I think I talked about it on here, something about when he goes to throw, he kind of pats the ball real quick. Yeah. And I don't know if that does tip the defense off, but obviously something. Is. He's giving away some tell sign. Uh, and we'll see. That's something to look at this Sunday. But a lot of you guys forgot about all that because we ain't seen Baker in a couple of weeks. But uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to give you uh, the stuff to look for on Sundays. Uh, Panthers versus Ravens, 1 p.m., I believe it's on Fox. Let me check that before we get off of here. Um, Cody uh, Lashney, thanks for uh, watching and listening, buddy. He says, I'd let Anthony Richardson and Matt Corral battle it out in training camp. That might be the way they go. Um, I know there's some veterans that are going to be out free agent wise. Uh, I still said, hey, give Lamar Jackson $350 million and see what happens. But uh, I don't hey. think he's going to leave. Uh, <laughs> leave hey, my, my, my thing is, again, I, I don't know if you want to keep infusing more younger talent into that quarterback room just yet, unless unless you're getting the number one pick, then obviously that's fine. 
But I think you got to see what you have in Matt Corral. And and I'm not saying he's going to start next year. But, again, like I said, I think last week, sign Jimmy G. He's not – San Francisco is not going to bring him back. That is very clear at this point. Like, they yeah. want to move forward with Trey Lance when he's healthy. So, if Jimmy G's out there and he's not going to ask for a ton of money, um, why not? Why not for a year? Right in there, yeah. I, I mean, the, the offense the, – the roster feels like – if you put a rookie in there at this point, you're going to wait a year or two for him to catch up to everything else you got going on. Well, but the way you've got it situated, you just need a game manager back there, really. A lot of it, too, is who, whoever they hire is the head coach, obviously. Right. So if, 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 if that's a guy that is going to lean on the run game that might benefit a certain, you know, by benefit bringing a certain quarterback in or not, you know, I mean, it, it could be a whole different dynamic by the time we get to OTAs next year. So, like, it's so hard to tell. Yeah, so we, we got a little ways to go. So everybody just kind of chill out on that. We we got a game Sunday. We're two games out of first place. This team, how crazy would it be if this Panthers team somehow is a wild card in the playoffs? Like, you know, two months from now, we're sitting there talking early January about how the Panthers are going to end up having to play the Vikings or something on the road in a, a wild card uh, playoff game or whatever. So who knows? Uh, Brad Tippett. Great question here from Brad. Do you think the week 13 bye three years in a row has had anything to do with the ACC championship at Bank of America Stadium? Seems like the Panthers are getting screwed from the NCAA. That is a great question, and that's probably right. <laughs> that's probably exactly well, why you're getting that bye that week. Well, they can't play here. Um, well, well, it's not It's not necessarily true. It, 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 in, a, in a way, it lines up. I would have to get you know, confirmation on it. But, like, there, it's not like they can't turn it around and play the very next day. So I don't, I don't think that that's completely the issue. I think some of it could be logistically, you know, getting the trucks in here for Sunday, you know, for the Sunday night game, or excuse me, the Sunday afternoon game compared to Saturday night. You're going to have a lot of people coming in and out. As yeah. far as the playing surfaces is, I, I think they've already proven that this year where, they played a soccer game, you know, the day before had a, 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 the Panthers game the next day. So, like, I mean, they can fix yeah. all that stuff yeah. quickly. I think it's more logistically with getting the, the broadcast trucks in here and everything. But, that would, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. And, and then possibly, too, you know, hotels, things of that sort. You're thinking about all that stuff, too. If uh, the Panthers are on a home game, you got people coming into town, all that good stuff. That, that could possibly be. But I do agree that that buy is way too late. Um, week 13 – Normally, I wouldn't care if it was that late or not. I'd rather it be towards the middle of the year somewhere, like week eight, week nine. But uh, I didn't realize we'd had it for three years in a row. Um, that's kind of wild uh, there. Um, Donald Duck, who was on with us uh, last time we were here, I think we should pass on CJ and Bryce and draft Will Anderson Jr., give Golden Corral a shot. If he doesn't work out, look up Drake May, UNC quarterback. I'm telling you, his highlight tape pops. Donald, you ain't got to tell me about Drake May. I already know about I already know about Drake. I've already, matter of fact, I've already pushed the thought of Drake May in a Panther uniform out of my mind because he's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year, probably if he comes out. Um, hell, he might win the Heisman this year. Uh, that, that buzz is starting to build a little bit for him. His numbers pretty damn good, um, which is weird to say for Carolina, North Carolina quarterback. But uh, yeah, Drake, Drake's the real deal. Um, played high school football here in North Carolina, so I've been aware of him for a while. Uh, he checks all the boxes, but we aren't going to get him. <laughs> like, so I've already, my mind won't even allow me to think of it. So, uh, I mean, that that's so far down the road. I mean, yeah. he's still got two more years yeah. before he's uh, yeah. even draft eligible. So, or, actually, no, 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 no. I take that back. I think he's eligible next year because he redshirted last year, right? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. So he can so, play, yeah, he, play he, sophomore he can year be... and then go. Um, kind of like Bryce Young this year at, uh, at Alabama, I believe. I think he's got a similar situation. Um, the, we were talking about Baker Mayfield and uh, what sign he's given away to these defensive linemen. Jack Dixon says, I'll tell you the sign. He's five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've watched hey. other smaller quarterbacks. Drew Brees was a, a, a yeah. small quarterback. He hardly ever got it knocked down. It, and Baker doesn't roll out a lot either. So maybe that's it. Kyler, Kyler Murray's short guy. And he, I mean, he has bad ball issues, but it's not nearly as much as, as what they, they do like him out a lot too they get him to the left or the he's right more, he's more mobile and, yeah and he's able to move around the pocket a lot better too and i think it's not always just tipping them off like with your with the 
potentially patting the ball, but it's also your hips too and your shoulders. If you go back and watch some of those tip balls, I guarantee you some of those plays where the ball got knocked down to the line of scrimmage, look at Baker's hips and shoulders. Mm. If some of that is slanted towards a certain way or it, it, it's hard to really break down and dummy down, but if you just go back and watch it, it I, I'll have to see if I can pull up some of the clips. Maybe I can, I can break it down a little bit better. Thomas Hayes chimes in. It's open mailback Thursday, like as every uh, every Thursday here on Believe in Carolina Panthers. Thomas Hayes uh, comments at the end of the game Sunday. Tepper needs to walk up to Lamar and whisper, "We got no. three hundred million, <laughs> Carolina." <laughs> I mean, oh. would you? What What would you? Let's say, okay, all right, let's do this. Let's play billionaire. Oh, if man. you were David Tepper and you had an opportunity to offer a contract to Lamar Jackson, who would be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. What would you offer him? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Then. I, I, like, yes, he, he's a tremendous talent. One of the best quarterbacks in the league, no doubt, right? But it's you, – you see it so often where these guys, like, they, they get paid so much and they never live up to what that, that paycheck's worth. We're sitting there waiting and, on Sean Watson the debut here, right? And – not only that, but if you commit so much money to the quarterback position, you're going to handcuff yourself in the rest of the roster. And you're in a market that you, you can't really afford to do that. So, I mean, I, I think you got to continue to build the roster and spend that money on pass rushers, on the offensive line, the defensive line, cornerbacks, you know, some of those spots that maybe other teams don't put as much money into and then kind of go low ball on the quarterback's game. And and that's why we don't like doing draft talk before Thanksgiving, uh, because again, we don't know who the coach is going to be, so it's impossible for us to know which way they want to go with whatever pick they end up with. Yeah. We don't know, you know, who the coach is going to be. We're rooting for Steve Wilkes, and I'm hoping, you know, Steve, he's two and three so far uh, in his tenure as interim head coach. Uh, Tepper was kind of on record at the beginning saying he'd have to, you know, be really, really well to get considered for this spot. I know he's not probably in the lead. But, you know, winning the conference or winning the division and some games would go a long way. Uh, and the players have started to voice support for him vocally, publicly, I've noticed this week, too. Uh, there was something else I'd read where uh, one of the Panther players was saying, you know, Steve Wilkes, he gets it. He's one of us. They're starting to, they're starting to you know, root for him, play for him. Um, and that's pretty good considering this locker room. There's a lot of guys, apparently, they were still loyal to Matt Rule when Matt Rule got let go. Um, he hadn't had the locker room completely turn on him when he got fired. So that's pretty uh, I, 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 did, I did see Brad's comment here at the bottom. It says that Fitter and Tepper won't pass up a franchise quarterback in the next draft. Mm-hmm. They, they can. They certainly can. And I, I, I'm they telling have. you right I'm telling <laughs> Exactly. I'm telling you board. right now, if Will and – if that situation that we, that we brought up a few weeks back mm-hmm. pops up where Will Anderson is sitting there, and the top two quarterbacks are off the board. Are you gonna are you gonna be willing to to roll the dice on maybe you know Will Levis from Anthony Richardson, a guy that's not a, a known proven guy? Over I'm falling Will out Anderson. Love. I'm falling out of love for I'm, Will Levis. I, uh, I, I'm uh, not doing that. <laughs> I was I was hot on Levis for about a week. Uh, shout out to the four man rush. Um, they, they do a lot of Carolina Panther analysis. You can find them online on Twitter. Um, I'm friends with those guys. Kevin Avery comes on my, my Saturday morning show a lot. And they were they were showing a video of Will Levis, like I guess in a training video or something, just like with this quick release or whatever, throwing it all over the no, place. He, he, he flicks it. Yeah, but he's had some bad games the past couple of weeks. And I don't know if I trust a quarterback from Kentucky for some reason. Like it just <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> where you got to, where you got against Kentucky? Another thing is Kentucky, it's just Kentucky football. I'm just kind of like, I don't yeah. know if it's the same thing with Alabama quarterbacks, actually, for me, too. It's like, Ohio State. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, Ohio State quarterbacks, same way. So it's like, I, uh, I'm i just not that big. Maybe it's because I haven't really seen them that much, but I'm not that big on this quarterback class. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. I'm not either. I just, it's better I than last year. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But If you had to do it over again, would you have picked Justin Fields now that we've seen more of him being used the way we probably would have used him? Or would you be happy with J.C. Horn, who is rated as one of the top cornerbacks in the league right now? Knowing knowing the deficiency that we have as a team is at that quarterback position, if you could do it over. Obviously, you would like to have it. But, I mean, I I don't blame them for taking J.C. No. 
I mean, I, 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 honestly, I think it was a good pick. I yeah, good. I mean, and and who who's to say that this this thing with Justin Fields is is not just maybe lightning in a bottle, and it fizzles out. Like, yeah. it, I mean, that that's very possible. I mean, I, do you really trust the Chicago Bears to build a, a winner around him? I mean, absolutely I, I not. I don't. No, name name another successful quarterback for the Bears. Other well, than we Jimmy talked Bear. about this off air one time, and I, I <laughs> <We> did. <laughs> I, oh my gosh! You, you see, who, who have they had a quarterback over the years? They've had Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman. Uh, oh gosh, Nick oh. Foles. Um, God Almighty, who, who was there before Foles? You got to go back to like Jim McMahon. Trubisky, Trubisky was. Oh yeah, Trubisky was. They traded up to number two for him. Uh, I've always said Chicago is where quarterback careers go to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just is. And Fields is trying to do a little something different. I said the only one I can think of is uh, is Jim McMahon, and then what was it right after him? Uh, Mike Tomzak. <laughs> Uh, I think Doug Flutie, like that whole area right there, the '80s, led by McMahon, and even then, McMahon's stretch was like a two, three-year pocket, like '84, '85, '86, and then he kept getting hurt uh, and having concussions and whatnot. But yeah, Chicago quarterbacks—they just don't pan out usually when they get up there, or they get up there and they fall apart completely. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this though: Justin Fields is definitely the best talent they've had at, yes. at that position in a very, very long time. People the forget. Problem- like, just the problem I have is like, are they going to support him? Are they going to yeah. give him enough support to where he can actually do something there? Or is like I said, is this just going to be like a, a one to two month thing where he looks like he's going to be a franchise type quarterback and then and never materialize? They really should give him the Baltimore Ravens offense, like the playbook, because that's really the Ravens realize what they. It's the same situation. The Ravens have realized what they have with Lamar Jackson and basically built the entire team around him. It's kind of going to be the same way with Justin Fields. And people forget coming out of high school, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence were the same class, and they were rated 1 and 1A, like literally coming out of high school. So, I mean, he's an exceptional talent. I just feel like he's going to get buried in Chicago eventually uh, when they inevitably, you know, switch coaches or whatever is going to happen. Jack Nixon uh, listening to the show and watching the show. Lamar Jackson's a world-class athlete and runner. He's a mid-quarterback. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, this week's right. This is a perfect segue to get into our preview real quick before we get out of here. Um, Panthers and uh, Ravens Sunday. This is a, all these wins are must win games for uh, Carolina. Um, give me a key, Skyler, as you scout this game. What's the main thing you think the Panthers need to do to uh, to get out of here with a win? As I pull up their uh, their stats here. Well, Ben's got to stick to his identity that he just now found, um, first and foremost. And secondly, I, I just talked to Chris Taper about this, and I, and I know it's 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 very kind of cliche that you want to win the field position battle. But, I mean, this is a game where you give Baltimore any good field position, and they're going to either score seven or they're going to score three because of Justin Tucker. That dude can kick from 70 yards. Yeah. So – I think field position is going to be a huge part of this game. You've got to be able to pin them inside the five, pin them inside the 10, make them go the length of the field. And I think too, you, you got to be with that though. You got to be able to also roll the dice every now and then and go for it on fourth and two, fourth and one, but you got to do it in smart, you know, areas of the game. You can't just do that um, carelessly. And then again, you, you give them good field position. So, I think field position, stick sticking to the run game, and then thirdly, it, it's obviously going to be about stopping the running game. I mean, they just play smash mouth football, and with with Matt Ioannidis out, I mean that that's going to leave a fairly thin interior defensive line for Carolina. So I, I don't know what they're going to do to try and stop the run game, but. As long as it's not as bad as it was two weeks ago in Cincinnati, you should have a chance to win this one. But, Desmond, I'll say this. Knowing these two teams, at least knowing Baltimore and how Carolina's played the last couple of weeks, this might be the fastest game we've we've seen all year. Because that that clock is going to be that. Yeah, I was just thinking that because I I, uh, I call play-by-play for high school football on Friday nights here. And a lot of of this season – the team I call for has had a running clock against whatever team they're playing <laughs> because they're up by 42 plus points at halftime. And that's the rule here in North Carolina. And I, I realized a lot of times the games are so short because they're running the they're average like 290 yards or whatever on the ground rushing the football. 
and it keeps the clock running. The Ravens have the number two rushing attack in the entire league uh, coming into this week. They're averaging 168 yards per game and a, a little about five and a half yards per carry, uh, which is also second in the league. Um, the Panthers are allowing about 139 yards per game on the ground. So you're absolutely right. That it's really it's Carolina's ground game versus Baltimore's ground game uh, and how they're going to defend that. I'm kind of worried a little bit about Lamar, which we all should be because uh, Lamar is like Houdini in a helmet. As I hope he's kind of what we would have wanted Cam to do early in his career where Lamar seems to not take the big hit. He'll, he'll get out of bounds. He'll get down the ground or whatever. He won't lower Very his loose. shoulder and truck a guy. He's not built that way. He's almost like a, like a bigger RG3 to me. Like if RG3 had yeah, well, out, I mean, so to me, to be honest with you, he's like the, more of a modern-day Michael Vick. Yeah, that's a, actually that's a good way to put him. Because uh, with Vick, it was like Vick could have been even greater if he had spent time in the film room. He just got by on his athletic ability. Lamar, at least, is kind of – you see growth in his game now. Michael Vick never won MVP. But, but to your but to your point though, like Vick would still lower his shoulder if he had to. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamar's kind of. Eh. And you I don't really know mm, if he's going to mm, be willing to do that. Who would mm, who would win a foot race between Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson? I think Mike Vick would. I think I think everyone forgets how fast Michael Vick was. Uh huh. <laughs> like I think they do. I just, he, my mind just thought about it for a second. I was like, who would win that? I, I think Mike Vick would win that race. Like it, I don't it would be Lamar it would be it. interesting. That would be, be very very fun. I like Lamar. Um, I've told this story before. I wanted the Panthers to draft Lamar Jackson in 2018. He was still on the board. Uh, he got drafted number 32 by Baltimore. We we went like three or four picks ahead of that. And we picked DJ Moore um, instead. And looking back on it, if they had drafted Lamar, Cam was still here. Uh, but as you know, Cam got hurt going into that year. Lamar would have basically taken over for Cam. Ron Rivera would probably still be here if like uh, if, if those dominoes had fallen that way. Lamar Jackson would be quarterback. Christian McCaffrey was already here. You would have given him a running back coming in. Like the, the thought of having Lamar Jackson here – and they chose to go another way. They chose to finally get weapons for Cam Newton at the end of Cam Newton's career, basically in the drafts. Pretty yeah. much what happened with the with the Panthers. So, um, and yes, uh, you, my boy, Mister Jeff. I still have a copy of Madden 2004 with Mike Vick on the cover. Those commercials for the Michael Vick experience were crazy back in the day. Dude was a beast. Michael Vick might be uh, 2000 Madden 2004. Mike Vick and Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl may be the most. Well, I mean. Like, Impossible players in video game history, probably. Madden 04 may have been the last time the game was good. So I've heard that too. <laughs> I've heard that too. They broke the game uh, with uh, with 04. Oh, I got to throw in uh, Steph Curry 2015, the year he was unanimous MVP. He was ridiculous in um, was NBA Live or whatever the, the EA game is for that. They had him basically like at 100 level for like everything. Um, we could have, uh, and Brad's going to remind us that we could have drafted Pat Mahomes in 2017 instead of CMC, but Pat, we would have messed up his career. Yeah. <laughs> like he would not be I mean, Pat Mahomes that we know today. I mean, if, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you go, if you go back to that draft though, when Kansas City moved up to trade, uh, traded up to, to get Pat Mahomes, everyone was like, "What the heck?" Like nobody, nobody really expected yeah. Pat Mahomes yeah. to go tenth overall. Like, I mean, he was great talent, obviously, but. 10th overall at the time felt like it was a little hot. And now looking back I, on it, I didn't have a clue who he was. Sure, but it probably went number one. But. Yeah. 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 If they redid that draft over again, uh, definitely. Um, this, uh, I'm just going through some of the, the things you need to know here for this game on Sunday. Carolina's running attack, it averages 118 yards per game now. That's in the middle of the league, about 16th. Uh, Deonta Foreman has 426 yards rushing. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has 111. The Ravens are pretty good against the run, though, so they're going to probably try to force Baker Mayfield to win this game. Uh, here's something that you need to know, though. The Ravens are coming off of a bye. Under John Harbaugh, the Ravens are 11-3 and in games immediately after a bye. That's the second-best record among active coaches. Um, so that, He knows how to coach. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always admired John Harbaugh. I've always thought he's a really good uh, coach. They're on the road. It's at M&T Bank Stadium uh, in Baltimore. Uh, the spread right now, the Ravens are favored by nine and a half. Really? 
That seems like a lot. Um, then again, <laughs> Vegas knows what they're doing. Vegas knows what they're doing. They've been in business for this long for a reason. The Ravens have forced one turnover 11 consecutive games. That's the NFL's longest active streak. So definitely got to play keep away with the football. Um, their o- offense overall is 12th. Their defense is 19th. Our offense overall is 30th. Our defense 25th. So, but again, you kind of got to throw that out the window because that takes into account the first five games of the year under rule, the stinker versus the Rams. Uh, I don't know what happened against the Bengals. So all that stuff gets tossed into that gumbo pot. So th- that doesn't necessarily show exactly what the team is doing at this moment. Um, prediction time. This feels like one of those games we have no business winning. Oh, and you'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it also feels like one of those games where we look back on it 5.30 Sunday afternoon and we're like, huh, we won that football game. Like, what did we do? Like, it feels like if they – the Panthers have to do certain things to win football games. We kind of established that. If they can run the ball, control the clock, keep the ball out the quarterback's hand for the most part, they have a shot to win. Actually, you know what? We didn't even address this. We should have did this at the very beginning of the uh, of the show. Why uh, or where, when, when did P.J. Walker hurt his ankle? <laughs> because now Baker Mayfield's the starter, and we all got up Monday. It was like uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter. P.J. Walker's got a high ankle sprain. And I think we all collectively looked at each other and was like, when did that happen? Like, do you have any idea, Skyler, being in the building, when it went down? P.J. doesn't even know the exact oh. play. Um, he said he hasn't watched it. So, I, I believe it was sometime in the third quarter, maybe fourth. Um, don't, well, he I don't on. even – he played on it. Um, but it was weird how we didn't get an injury update or an injury report during the game that he had suffered an injury. Like, even, yeah. though, he, even though he wasn't ever deemed really questionable, usually we would still know something, right? It was kind of weird that we didn't hear about that even on Friday. Like, because Friday, remember I told you when we were doing the, the recording, I think I even said it, like, it was weird how he said P.J. was going to start, but that they were going to come back after talking to the quarterbacks. And on Monday, they, would, they were going to give more clarity as to what they were going to do for the ball. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's weird. So maybe there was something going on Friday. Maybe his MRI was on Friday. I can't remember what day it was. And that's why it was kind of murky. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Because I don't know if it was like gamemanship with Wilkes and the coaching staff to not reveal it so that they're not giving away too much of the Ravens. But then yeah, it's I mean, at the beginning of the week, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, the Ravens are on a bot anyway. So I don't know. I thought it was odd. But then, of course, you've got the conspiracy theorists out there going, well, this is how they wanted to get Baker on the field. They didn't want to upset the P.J. Walker fans. And <laughs> let's just well, say I mean, the ankle sprain or all the other quarterbacks have had one. Hey, they'll believe that. So Remember what I said, though. I mean, if Baker plays 70% of the snaps – that, that fifth round pick converts to a fourth. So, oh, so wait, oh, I didn't reverse. So, like, he has to play 70% for them to move it up to a fourth, right? Yes. Yes. So, if he plays okay. 70% or more, it, it becomes a fourth round pick. And that's so, why Baker right there. That well, no, 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 that's that, that's that, that's the reason why everyone thought he wasn't starting because they they wanted to keep that a fifth round pick instead of a fourth. Oh wait, that's so, just sending a fourth. To yeah, sending. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so, okay. I gotcha. So right, right now it's a fifth round pick, and if he goes over that mark, then that becomes a fourth. And he's close right now, isn't he? Any like, like uh, it was sixty here? not long ago. Yeah, so um, I haven't checked it since. Um, I know Coach Wilkes mentioned that he'd like to see Sam Darnold in some capacity this Sunday. I kind of thought that too. Uh, Baker's gonna be the starter. Sam will be dressed uh, as the backup. I'm not gonna lie. Panther fan base, don't throw anything at me. I kind of want to see Sam Darnold, too. Uh, I want to see him in this offense that Steve Wilkes is overseeing uh, his shadow over top of With it. This offensive line. Run, yeah, run, 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 play action, run, 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 run. Like, I want to see that. And I feel like out of all the quarterbacks we had, Sam had the most potential. Like, he checked all the boxes for if you were going to build a quarterback in Madden or whatever, he'd probably kind of look like Sam Darnold to a certain extent. Uh, but he just – got spooked uh, a number of times, two different teams. Um, you, my boy, Blue, three different quarterbacks on this team have had high ankle sprains. You joined us late, buddy. 
All four have. <laughs> All four have had high ankle sprains this well, year. Actually, Rouse didn't do it at Bank Corral, of America Stadium. Corral was um, – Or no, no, his was a, a list his frame. His was a list frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but we, four, we do have four – Four yeah. injured, uh, four ankle sprains in Charlotte. You, you, my boy, Blue. My bad. I, I jumped the gun on that. I, I'm, I apologize to you. You're, you're absolutely right. We've had three, and all three of those happen on Panther turf, right? Like at home. Darner was against Buffalo. That one, that one, I, I don't, I don't think you could attribute to the turf because he literally just got rolled on. Yeah. Um, the Baker one probably could be. Um, and PJ, whatever, again, I don't know when the heck that happened. Whatever so happened with PJ, know. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Donald Duck comes in with, if Steve Wilkes wins the Denver Broncos game the following week, put him on top of the list for potential head coaching candidates. Uh, we're looking forward to that week, and that's coming up here soon. Uh, is that next week? It's not It's not Denver next week, is it? Yeah, I believe oh, so. Ooh, so that'd be when Stu returns. If, if, you're, uh, <laughs> if you've never listened or watched this podcast before, in our Thursday Tell Them Why You're Mad segment, Stu has picked Denver probably half the season. <laughs> like each week, it's been something that Denver did. That's been his tell them why you're mad. So when we when we realized Denver was actually on the schedule and that we would be able to do that during our preview for Denver next week, our ears perked up. So uh, I'd like to go into that with a win against Baltimore. Well, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen though. And since Stu's not here and he and he can't rag me about picking the opposite team here. Um, I'm going Baltimore. Like I, it, it's it's too it's too obvious, right? Like yeah, it, it was nice and all that they got that Thursday night win, and you know they're essentially <laughs> two games out of first place. But like it was Atlanta, and I, I, are they are they more of what they showed against Cincinnati? Eh, probably not. Um, but it's probably somewhere in between that and what they did against Atlanta. Like, uh, is Jeremy Chen? What's the update on Jeremy Chen? Is he going to be able to play on Sunday? It sounded like they were holding him for this we game. Can't, we can't get a read on it. Um, I, I asked Steve the last two days, someone asked Al Holcomb today, and it's just kind of like a, a wait and see approach. So, if he does play, I don't know if it's going to be to the, the full capacity that we're used to seeing. You know, he might be on some sort of pitch count, but um, okay. Because I was say, we can maybe, use maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong when he goes out there and plays 70 plays. I thought I thought Wilkes said in the press conference last week when they were asking about Chen's availability, he was saying, you know, it'd be asinine to throw him out there this week. I thought he yeah. said something like we were aiming for Baltimore or something like that because that would give him, an, you know, 10 days to kind of get there on this little mini buy that they've got going on. Um, to me, this game basically comes down to stopping Baltimore's run game. Um we can if we can hold Baltimore to 100 yards or less on the ground, I think we've got a shot. If we can get over 130 yards on the round, I think we've got a shot. Uh, Jack agrees that he wants to see Darnold and Baker again, so no one can say, "Well, we didn't give him a chance in this Wilkes offense." Um, we're about to see Baker Sunday again. Like I said at the top of the show, when Baker came in the second half versus Cincinnati, I thought they were going to put him in the same offense. They reverted right back to whatever Baker knows well in the playbook, which is RPO, which drives me nuts. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed. I'm gonna tell you why we. I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want to see RPO Baker Mayfield. Like, please stop running it. It makes no sense. Ben McAdoo, what are you doing? Like, Steve Wilkes, yell at this man if he runs an RPO with Baker Mayfield. That's gonna be the first play. <laughs> it's literally gonna be the first play of the Panthers' offense. It's gonna be RPO. It's gonna be him and Chuba Hubbard or somebody out there, and he's gonna run RPO, and we're all gonna collectively throw up our hands like, "What are you doing? Like, that's not what we've been doing the past five weeks. Why are you changing it? Because." Baker Mayfield is in there. Um, so just wait until he, he does you one better and he uh, calls a design QB draw. <sighs> it's coming. It's coming. I know it is. I know it is. Panther country, let's ride. Uh, somewhere Jonathan oh, Stewart is smiling right now. Um, he'll be back Monday, and I'm sure he'll have a lot uh, to say about this game. Don't and, tell him who I picked this week. I'll hear, I'll, he I'll, probably already knows. He probably is all, already aware. Uh, yeah. great defense through though during three and oh, that was uh, talking about last year. Uh, some of the listeners and viewers talking about Sam Darnold and that three and oh start, uh, before the, the line got decimated and Christian McCaffrey got hurt. I'm gonna pick, uh, uh I'm gonna pick Panthers just because why not? And I'm gonna go, <sighs> I think the defense comes out to play. I'm gonna say 24 16 Carolina. I'm texting um, Stu right now, see if he can give us a quick score. Yeah, because he, I, I'm sure that 
I just feel if the defense comes out to play, they dictate everything for the Panthers to me. So if the defense comes out on fire, hot, ready to go, that that drips over to the offense. What we saw in Cincinnati was a flat defense, and that trickled over to the offense and everything else with the team. The defense is the heart of this team. Uh, it's it's the heartbeat of this team. So if the defense comes out to play, I think the offense will pick up on it. I hope the offense gets a little bit of a burst from Baker Mayfield being in there because uh, clearly the team, the, the players like Baker Mayfield, so that goes a long way. Uh, who knows? Maybe Baker has one of those crazy Baker Mayfield games where all of a sudden he throw him for 300 yards or whatever. I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I would uh, – like to do like you, my boy Blue, saying just hand the ball to Foreman and let him pound the rock up the middle fifty times. That's kind of been the offense, um, and I've had well, no problems. Yeah, I've had zero problems with that. Just give the ball to Foreman, let him run the rock, and go from there. Um, we'll, we're going to get out of here. I don't know if the Stu get us back in time. I know he said he was up in the mountains or something someplace, so his reception yeah, might be my, kind of. Kind well, of it's weird. actually my reception because you know Bank of America say we we've got the, the best reception right here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> we got to get, uh, but... gotta get uh, uh, David Tepper to put some uh, access points like throughout the the tunnels or something down in there. Uh, help get, help our get, uh... get some better uh, phone service, some more heat. <laughs> help our reporters <laughs> out, man. And they're trying to help Golly. us out. We got this. But, if Stu will get back to me whenever I, this this goes through, so we'll maybe we'll throw it in the uh, description or something. Yeah, we'll put we'll throw it in there. Um, we'll and we'll be back Monday, um, our regular time Monday two thirty uh, Monday afternoon with a recap of this game. Uh, Stu will be back with us. Um, we'll we'll see what happens here. Like I said, the Panthers two games out of first. Tampa is five and five. The entire division is at five hundred or lower. The Panthers are two games out of first with what seven left to play eight no seven games left to play uh in the season so anything can happen remember 2014 we were in the same boat and somehow we're able to pull something crazy out so let's see if we can do the same thing uh follow us on twitter uh with with skylar you can follow him on twitter at callahan underscore to get the latest on panthers hornets i know lamella ball just ran his ankle last night again uh might not be a bad thing and then um <laughs> west virginia sports as well and then uh you can follow me on twitter at dez underscore three five zero five uh both of us and Stu will be back next monday a brand new episode follow the believe podcast network at believe on twitter as well where there is a podcast for every third all 32 teams in the nfl with the former player uh this year so definitely we're your home for nfl podcasts uh here in the Sirius Satellite Network. So for Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening and watching the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network brought to you by Bet Online. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.